Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you wherever you are and welcome to the 4Play podcast episode number 47. My name is David and I will be joined as usual by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers Alan, Darren and Mark. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme for each one. Then you each have to choose four songs or singles related to that topic, which today is about singles from 1983. In case you're wondering about hearing the songs that we discuss, unfortunately we can't include them in the podcast, but we will include a link for a Spotify playlist in the show notes and also on our 4Play Music Facebook group, which is there for you if you'd like to join us. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Oh, are we live? We're live. Yeah, we're live on there. Yeah. Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's uh, edition of uh, Come Dancing Live from Luton. Oh, no, that's wrong. Sorry. Uh, I haven't got read the script. <laughs> welcome this to the Four Play Podcast. I don't know what episode it is, um, but my name's Alan Jones, and I'm here with my three brothers in music. Uh, first of all, I have Mr. Daz, Daz, Dazzler. Good evening, Alan. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. Good. Yeah. I love the fact that we've mixed it up a bit. You're doing the intros tonight. I'm doing and the intros, that, yeah. That old saying of give an inch and they'll take a mile, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm determined not to string it out too far. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. Yeah, no, good evening, man. Um, you back to school today then, Daz? I was back to school, yeah, I was being a naughty boy. Um, yeah. I've had a bit of a stressful one, actually, today. Busy day, come back, installed a printer, rushed around like a madman, but I did put on some um, 80s tunes to get me in the mood. Oh, right, that's always uh, good. And actually, I've just, I drew a blank a minute ago. Who did Owner of a Lonely Heart, please? Uh, oh. the foreigner? I think it was. Foreigners broke my mind, but I don't have a feeling it's not. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Oh, yes. 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 Was it yes? It was yes. Oh. Yeah, that's a tune, Yes, it was yes. Yeah, there you go. But I couldn't remember who it was, so thank you very much. Very good. So, thanks for that then, Daz. And then on to our Edinburgh. Oh, I must have to say, of course. Where are you living at the moment, Daz? Where am I living now? Still in Bobby Tracy. He's still in Bobby Tracy. He hasn't moved yeah. since the last episode. No, down in sunny Devon. Yeah, sunny Devon, of course. And now on to uh, Mr. Mark Hollywood, who originally resides from, uh, we're not quite sure, but somewhere <laughs> over the Irish Sea, towards the north bit. Uh, but he's currently <laughs> residing in Edinburgh. Aren't you, Mark? Uh, I, I, hope, I hope to be, well, here for the foreseeable. You never know, though. I might, I might move again. Um, they, good evening, they catch Alan. Up with you, you mean? With the what? Sorry. If they catch up with you. If they catch up with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did actually have a, a visit from the police today. Uh, <laughs> and and, been uh, it's, uh, yeah, this has been broadcast, but I can go into it another time. Um, yeah. All, all, all is all is well, though. All is okay. But I absolutely was shedding a brick when I saw two police officers uh, at the front door today. <clears throat> anyway, I'm good. I'm good. It's been sunny good. today, and uh, it's uh, it was back to work after a bit of a break. Good. And uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight. But I am good. a tad apprehensive that you're hosting it 
I think this could last about four and a half hours. <laughs> well, it'll be your turn soon, mate. Your turn soon. It's a bit like take everybody taking their turn on um, uh, what's that News of the World program. Have I got news what, for you? What's it called? Have I got news for you? It's a bit like that. Yeah. So uh, totally unscripted. But yeah, it'll be yeah. your turn soon, Mark. You'd never know. You'd never know. And then, so then on to David. He's not feeling too good tonight. Look, he's a bit low on energy. So, uh, We've got to do all we can to keep him awake, but he's currently nestling down in the uh, uh, in deepest Devon in Newton Abbey. I am indeed, and Alan, thanks for stepping in. That's really helpful. Um, let me uh, just get on with this and sit back a little bit, which is great. And I just need to say, I, we've got a, a church opposite our house, um, yeah. which has recently started putting on gigs and yeah and uh there's, there's an organization so it's great they, they they bring lots of different bands lots of different genres and types that come through and on honestly a gig i went to on saturday um I had my friend stephen come along with his band a daughter came along another guy who's a, a twitter friend who's who releases music as well we were all there um it's only small but we had a, a band up from st ives Emerald Dawn. So for the proggies, this one, this band is um, symphonic prog. It was amazing, but it was a double header. And there's an Austrian band, um, Blank Manuscript, who was there. And I've been to a few double headers in my time. This was almost up there. It was amazing, yeah. just fantastic. The venue was great, music, but the music was was spectacular. Disappointment, really. It was, it was only forty people there to enjoy it. Um, that's a shame. But that's it's a shame. So, no, no wonder you're feeling uh, <laughs> you're on a low now, Dave. You, you've oh, been on a high. I was. And I you're was. on a low now. You, you can only come back. What you can do. I'll try and do that now. Do the same again next Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, Alan, what about you? How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, um, I'm still not working, as you know, because I've chosen to retire. <laughs> and um, I've not been looking for work and I don't think I ever will be. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I had a good uh, day on Record Store Day or on Friday night, Friday uh, morning, got in the queue at quarter to two in the morning. There were 15 people there already. But I managed to get everything I wanted, so I was well happy with that. Fantastic. And uh, so without any more ado, I think we'll get on to, to tonight's challenge. Well, not a challenge, is it really? It's a, the, well, perhaps it is for some people. Um, uh, narrowing it down to your, your favourite four, or your best four, or the four you felt that you wanted to do on the day, or just going to be awkward and pick some random song just to, just to be hip. Um, but yeah, so we're going to bore you to death with us choosing our favourite singles from the year. 1983. Um, it was a great, actually, a very good year for, for popular music and other music, I guess, as well. So, without any further ado, I think I've already repeated myself already <laughs> by saying that. Uh, let's start with Daz. What's your number one, your first choice, Daz? Well, without further ado, Alan, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so, I think I have been a little bit awkward, to be honest, as you mentioned awkward. 
I'm, I've tried to avoid my obvious ones again. I've done this the last couple of shows now. Well, I haven't. Not... No, okay. Well, that's good. That's mixing up yeah. a bit. Right. Um, so I haven't gone for anything. I don't think anything I've mentioned before, maybe briefly. Um, but they're great songs. And I guess these were my 83 was my kind of real form formative years musically. So it's songs that really started to get me into music. It's the year, the year after I bought my first LP. Um, so yeah, let's get on with it. Uh, we decided we're going to keep this pretty short tonight. So I'm going to bomb through this one. I've gone for, I reckon it says, oh, Alan's timing me. I'm in trouble. I'm on five seconds. Great. Um, I've gone for a song that I think has got to be one of the coolest intros of the 80s, let alone 1983. It's just, you hear the intro, it's so chilled, it's a real vibe, it's a bit of a head and foot bop, your head starts going, your foot starts tapping. Um, weirdly, they're considered a one-hit wonder in the United States. It was only this song that charted. Uh, they were never heard of again over there. They've had, I think, seven, eight, nine hits over here, something like that. Um, but this was Too Shy by Kajagoogoo. <laughs> I just I'm think, honestly, it, it's for me, it got me, the album White Feathers just really struck a chord with me. Um, I was only, what was I, 11. So it's one of those songs you hear on the radio, or see it on top of the pops, and you're just thinking, wow. And you've got Lamar with his cool hair and his cool white gillet or whatever he was wearing. <laughs> um, and yeah. His white gillet. There's something about, there's something about Lamar. Yeah, there is something about Lamar. Um, so yeah, over here he was number one with that one for a couple of weeks for Too Shy. Uh, I think it must have been around the time, maybe it was a couple of years later, that he did Never Ending Story for the film of the same name. Which, um, again, I was at the right age for that to strike a chord with me and I just loved it. What I didn't realise till earlier on today was this was actually produced by a guy called Colin Thurston and also Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran, which I was not aware of. Um, and Colin Thurston also produced Duran Duran's first two albums. So that's where the link was there. So there you go. I think I'm in time, Alan. So it's Kajagoogoo. You are. You are. You're well in time. Yes, I've got that. Um, that the reason why uh, Rhodes was involved, because um, it was... they they. He got them onto the EMI label. Ah. That's why. And uh, I remember the, there was a follow-up called Life in the Big Apple about New York. Yeah. I thought there was yeah. I thought it was great, very catchy music. And yeah. um, Nick is it Nick Beggs? Yes, yeah, the yeah. bassist. Uh, the bass player. He's still around yeah, doing well. stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. good shout. Yeah. I've got I I've got the um, I've got the twelve inch version of that one. You got that one, Daz? Yeah, I think so. I've definitely got yeah. the album in the seven inch. I think I've got the twelve inch somewhere. But yeah, yeah, got the twelve inch. It's really good. It's like quite extended version as well. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, I think the B side's instrumental. What about you, Mark? Um, I can't. I can't stand the song. That's <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Mark. I'm sorry. It's up there with Agadu by Black Lace or whoever it was. No, it's I just, not. Oh, it's not, <laughs> it's oh, it's not, not. Mark. Uh, Unbelievable! I just—I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just uh, Laval got right on my tits. He just—I don't know. I mean, I sp and then when he came out with Never Ending Story, I just thought, "Oh, this is soft." Yeah, but the this album is, is pretty good. 
Okay. No, I'll, 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 I'll listen. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll, yeah. I'll give it a, you know, as yeah, always, uh, I'll give it a bash. I'll revisit. I just remember, like in the early eighties, and as as you rightly say, uh, Darren, those those are your your formative years, the years where you were really well for us too, anyway. Not for the old yeah. codgers here. Um, <laughs> It, it, it was the time when you really get into music. So uh, whether it was you two, the police, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember this coming out thinking, oh, the girls will love this. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I was 10 at the time, nine or 10. So, okay, I'm, I'll give you the benefit. I'll listen <laughs> to it. And, uh, I'll, even, I'll even download the album. Never quite did it for me. Um, yeah. I... Look, there, there were loads of uh, sort of similar bands around that time, weren't there? The sort of the poppy, poppier side of New Romantics. But yeah, Al, Alan, as you know, there the were the quality ones and then the other ones, which are just pure pop. So you got yeah. you, you had your ABCs and Haircut 100s and things, which are uh, in, in a slightly different league or human league. Uh, then you had Kajagooga and a whole bunch of others that were there. The, the, the great thing was there was so much to choose from. So yeah. you, you didn't have yeah. to like or love everything, the, and you yeah. couldn't love it. You couldn't buy everything either. There was just so much yeah. out there. Do you know, it was kind of like a precursor for Stockgate and Waterman. I think those years, mm. you, you got you got this really uh, niche pop, new romantic. So they weren't as new romantic as uh, Human League, Spandau Ballet, Duran Duran, but they were they were just on the cusp, you know, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for a play, the way it, music it, it, was it, going at the time. If you wanted to get on top of the pops or something like, that, well, yeah. I suppose that's not the thing, but uh, you had to, you had to have something special. Popular, so that's what other yeah. people tried to copy, didn't they? Well, actually, it was top of the pops was a massive thing for bands back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah huge, they, huge. They aimed to be on there, and if they could do I something, mean, get them on there. Yeah. Oh, but hey, yeah. look, everybody knows who Lamar is. Yeah. Nobody's forgotten him. Place for place for Arsenal. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Yeah. I'm sure right. Good I'm choice, that one, Dad. Thank you. Uh, Thank on you. to Mr. Hollywood, who is going to embrace us with his first choice. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm expecting a backlash. Actually, this is pretty predictable for me, and uh, even my, my good friend Claire, uh, when I when I said it's the year 1983, she said, "I'll bet you've chosen the police," and uh, she's absolutely right. <laughs> it's probably one of the most misinterpreted songs. It's meant to be uh, a song. Well, people think it's a love song, but it's not. It's about um, Sting, who has finished with his first wife, uh, Frances Tumulty. And uh, it's about him obsessively stalking her. And uh, it is Every Breath You Take. And one of the lines, obviously, is I'll be watching you. It's um, <laughs> it's eerie. Um but it, uh, the, the melody to it is, is just fantastic. It was the second song that really hooked me on onto the um, the police, the first band, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic, which came out in 81. This was the second song that just, you know, blew me away. I thought, oh, wow, at the age of 10, I didn't realise as well. Because there are people, uh, I think Andy Gibb, uh, when I was looking up the, the, the facts about the song, he sang it to some girl on a, uh, on a TV show completely misinterpreting it and Sting said I could still hear the words which aren't about love at all and I pissed myself laughing uh, so it's just uh, it, it was the biggest hit of 83 uh, in the US 
It was eight weeks at number one, longer than any other song. Uh, Billy Jean by Michael Jackson uh, was was the only one to come close to that. So, short and sweet. This goes in as my first uh, 1983 song. I'd also believe won a Grammy in '84 for Song of the Year and Best Performance by a Duo Group. Uh, Sting initially wanted it on the Hammond organ, but uh, Andy Summers came in and basically said, "I don't think so. This has got guitar written all over it." <laughs> and as you can, you know, from from memory, uh, Sting is playing the the double bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Summers is just exquisite on the guitar. And then you've yeah. got um, Stuart Copeland playing gently in the background on the drum. That's my first tune. Good, Gotta go good, in there. Great choice, great choice. Actually, pretty ironic because I think I've mentioned a few times that I used to live across the road from Sting in Bayswater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can distinctly remember doing a disco down in the... Um, down in, yeah, down in the... Um... Station at midnight? No, <laughs> no, good. <laughs> good work. with Hugh Padden, um, who produced it, or he was the producer for it, um, talking about them recording this. And I think there was a bit of a, uh, was this the one where, I'm not sure, that all three of them were in the same room at the same time when they recorded it all, to the point where, to the point where uh, Stuart Copeland recorded um, his drums on it and left it, went off to where he, he, he was going to go to. And then Sting came in and he listened to it and he said, oh, we're going to take all that hi-hat out and it's all the rubbish. And then yeah. the next morning, Stuart Copeland comes back in, listens to it, and the and poor Hugh Padham's in the middle there where you've got Stuart Copeland saying, I'll put all the hi-hats back in and you've got... And he knows that Sting doesn't want that to happen. Uh, look, he's the stalker. It's his, it's his prerogative, I think, surely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you know, you're you're stalking somebody. The first thing that gives it away is like it's like a bell on a cat. Yeah, it's, it's a high hat coming up behind you. Yeah. Nice um, great song. And I grew up, I grew up thinking that was a nice innocent love song till my early twenties as well. I think most people yeah. did. I think it was yeah. recorded in a studio in Nassau or something like it that. It was, yeah, yeah, I don't think. Yeah? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that, that's from Hugh Padden talking about it in Nassau, wasn't it, Bahamas or whatever, so. Yeah, so. Right. Yeah, but a great band, a great choice, great choice. Yeah. Right then, moving on swiftly to Mr Turner and his first choice. Okay, mine's taking a bit of a swerve from the sort of the poppier side of things that we've been on. Uh, knew you would, knew you would. Thank you. Yep, yeah, have to. Um, Tom Robinson. 
he had uh, he'd been in sector 27 up until eight, uh, up until 1982 um, when the band broke up and sadly as a result of that for for Tom he ended up in serious debt um, mostly due to taxes that he owed and he was technically bankrupt so what do you do he went off to Germany um, he went to stay with a friend he learned German and he actually started playing in a in a German band uh playing a lot in the east because the band was based in the east called uh, number 55 uh during his time there uh one time uh he'd had a, a bad experience about gay experience in the sauna um so he tried to sort of relieve himself with with uh smoking something just to keep himself happy and get himself into a better mood and as a result he ended up with all of these thoughts buzzing around in his head put them all down on paper, ended up with eight or ten pages of, of, of stuff that he'd come up with. It took him a year to work through all of the, all, all of the words that he'd pulled together uh, to create a song which was uh, about four minutes long. And what he'd actually sort of released um, when he'd been smoking his joint was um, about the differences between the East and the West. So I suppose living there, he saw the juxtaposition. Um, and what he did is he wrote a song quite cleverly, sort of moved it away from that LGBT anthems that we knew into a folk rock tune. Um, and he made the lyrics about living under constant fear of social rejection, violence, uh, and, and also the threat of imprisonment, which would have been the, the jeopardy for anyone gay in the late 70s. Um, he pulled this all together, um, and the song in the end, it's actually about fear, um, being in a in in this state of powers powerlessness, and he just produces this song, but he does it against a kind of a smooth jazzy uh, textures in in the song uh, to produce or release this song called War Baby, which I think a lot of people didn't know what it was about. Um, it was very successful, got to number six. Um, I think it helped stave off the tax man a little bit longer. A gorgeous little record, and it's one of those you you sing along. And he's, Robinson certainly had a way of uh, putting together a tune that people enjoyed and just hummed along to without even, as we know, the, the various ones. And you don't really realise what you're singing along to or, or about. So, yeah, a gifted man. And I'm putting War Baby in for my first one. That's a great choice. Um, I've got a lot of love for Tom Robinson. I actually saw him uh, oh. supporting the police in July 1980, nice. just up the road now from where I live in Milton Keynes, at the Rocker de Bowl. Um, I actually I actually then also went and saw him in Sector Centre, Sector 27. 27. Nice. And that that album is superb as well. But it really is, isn't babies, it? yeah, I've got it. 12-inch pink vinyl, oh. brilliant track. As soon as you got into... Yeah, you knew. I knew what it was. I knew what it was. It's a great, great song, great track. What about you, Mr. Hollywood? Uh, I have to say, I've got I've got limited memory of this one. I I, I have heard, <clears throat> pardon me, I have heard the uh, the title of the song before, but never given it a listen. I probably would know it if if, if it was played. I'd say, oh right, oh yeah, of course I know it now. But um, this this wouldn't have been on, on my radar. Uh, however, um, once again, I'll I'll give it a listen. It sounds what 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 I love about it is 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 the you know the history the build up to it. Mm -hmm. um, that's well, that in itself it warrants a 
Oh, well, Mark, I, I know. Said, it's like a smoky jet. So it's almost yeah. like a smoky jet. You can imagine maybe being in some club in Hamburg or Berlin, yeah. and um, the room's filled with you know cigarette smoke and there's red lights and just, just yeah, it's a bit it's, dark. That yeah. kind of ambience, really. Yeah, in that case, I'll definitely give it a listen because I do yeah, like my yeah. I do like my smoky jazz clubs. Yeah, I knew you would. Daz, I'm sure you know this one. Well, no, yet again, I'm I pretty much identical to Mark. To be fair, um, I, I it's one of those where if, when I listen to it later on, I'm pretty sure I know it, but I can't put my finger on it. No. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm with Mark there. It's one I probably need to revisit and have a listen to. That's great. Thing. I often play. I often play. Actually, it's a nice, nice. and it's a, and I say it's a beautiful cover. It's yeah. pink, bright pink. Yeah. with a picture of a baby on the front <laughs> okay but yes but yeah now good choice yeah good brilliant. choice brilliant so yeah, we man. started off there with i think with four with th three with three uh great songs um so it's now my turn to uh spill the beans on my first choice from 1983 and um they, they, i can remember distinctly getting going to buy this when it came out uh i don't remember it I think it was John Peel would have been playing it. Um, when he played it, it was, it was he played the whole length. It was only really released on a 12-inch single. Yeah. It was what 12-inch singles were released for. Um, and as soon as I name the title, you everybody will know it. Everybody probably now heard it a number and number of times. Danced to it. Sick to death with it probably been a number of different versions released over the years uh they've messed around with it remixes but i don't think there's anything like the original and there's nothing like the b-side as well which is an instrumental of the track um the actual album the actual single cover itself has no mention of the band or no mention of what the song is okay. what there is is a code a colored uh coded system but once you're a once you've decoded it you're able to um show what the what the name of the band and what the song is the actual picture cover itself is in the format of like a uh five inch floppy disc type thing which you know, at the time 1983 so if you haven't guessed it by now it's a band uh the song is new order sorry the song is blue monday by the band The New Order. Brilliant. And, um, I say, it's got played to death, um, but it's still, a, at the time when that came out, that was really cutting stuff for the dance floor. It was it was moving from like, um, you know, almost like the, the dark music that we had with Joy Division, because New Order were born out of uh, New, uh, Joy Division. The dark music that we had with them, and then, Suddenly now you've got this regimented um, computer yeah. synthesized dance music with yeah. some great um, just goings on in it and drum patterns and everything and just the just just the you know Bernard Sumner and the way he's singing the, the lyrics etc is brilliant and then of course the B side is the instrumental version called the Beach which again is slightly different um, but again such a great track to dance to and uh, never fails to get people you know dancing dazzle know that from doing his discos as well 
Absolutely. So a great, tr great track, and uh, just so happened to have the cover here. Um, <laughs> the blues so in black and white. Yeah, blues in black and white. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, I managed to pick up. Are you sticking to your version of me? You sticking to your four minutes, pal? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it seems like an eternity. <laughs> no, it isn't. Dave, Dave, surely. Oh, I, look, I, this is uh, a great record. Um, I'm waiting to hear what the other two say because um, they both had uh, interests in this one as well. Um, oh, yeah, big, yeah, big oh, time. Yes, oh, yeah, big time. Right. But this... I put it through to David. He said that one's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here. Who's got it? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. Alan, you're right. This was a real step change. I mean, there was it was a very exciting time for music, wasn't there? There were so many things going on um, out of the 80s as we sort of moved into having some more sort of different uses of electronic sound. You say that, you know, just to have New Order there using sort of electronic drums and, and the way they build that into something which mesmerized people it was incredible and as you said i mean i'm not sure if i've ever been able to track it down but was it not the first single to get to number one just as a 12 inch i don't know where we're charted it i don't think it got to number one okay it got to about number eight or something like right. that it did extremely it successful the, yeah i think it was the only it was the only record that was only released I think. exclusively released yeah i think you're oh, right the 12 inch. yeah yeah brilliant yeah, Sorry, Mark, it's well, never been re-released since in that format. I, I, I think it's epic. I, yes, I think it it's such a great. I, yeah, it was. Sorry, got that one. Sorry, no, I, I, I think it's epic. The, the fact that the um, the band could reinvent itself um, with you know on the on the back of the sad demise of Ian Curtis with Joy Division, where he died in his mid twenties, he, he suffered you know greatly with depression and that, and, and I'm sure all or most of our listeners know this. But the fact that they could completely reinvent themselves uh, <laughs> as as New Order and come out with great great tracks like Blue Monday, True Faith. I mean, those are the two the two of the biggest that we that we know. Uh, Peter Hook on bass is. I'm surprised he didn't make our you know band of of, of a lifetime as bass guitarist. Uh, yeah. He's uh, it, it's it's very uh, distinctive his his way of playing. 100%. This was in my top four, uh, but some bugger nudged it out. Yeah, I wonder so, who that was. A little better man than yourself, Alan. Yeah. So, yeah, Blue Monday is, is a massive, massive thumbs up for me. It's just the it's intro. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mark. Was it your choice as well, then, Daz? Yeah, yeah, it was. But, yeah, and I, I struggled initially as well with New Order, having been a fan of Joy Division's music. It was such a departure, wasn't it? Radical departure. Yeah, completely. And it took me a couple of years to accept them, if you like, and get into the, the lineup without Ian Curtis. Yeah. But no, brilliant, brilliant song. Yeah, no doubt in it. That was great. Great, great. So we've now chosen four. We're now going to move on to our next four. And it's back to you then, Daz. It is indeed. All right. So I've gone, uh, I've done a David, I guess, here, you could call it. I've gone quite random. Uh, it's just a song that when I first heard it, again, 11 years old, I thought, wow. Um, it's just got a brilliant, it starts again, the intro grabs you. A little bit of picking going on and then into the riff. Um, and it's by 
a band called The Violent Femmes. Oh. Uh, I don't know if anyone's aware of them. We'll find out in a minute. Um, the name's a bit misleading because there's no women in the band. Um, it's, Are there any women here today? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's Gordon Gano was the lead singer and guitarist. And they released a song called Blister in the Sun, which was on their debut album, self-titled debut album in 83. Um, this, interestingly, in 2005, Mark, you might have to correct me here, uh, it became the first English language track to ever be allowed on RTA Radio Na Geltakta. Right, Radio, Radio Na Geltakta. There you go, Radio Na Geltakta. Yeah. You're, 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 in the words of Roy Walker, you were close, you were close <laughs> but not right. But <laughs> no. it was a good effort. <laughs> it was a good yeah. effort. There you go. So, two, yeah, first ever English language track to be on there, which is interesting. Um, I just think with the whole album, that this track in particular, you get the rawness and the passion coming through and the instrumental side and the vocal side. Brilliant debut album. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got to say. The band is still together now. So <laughs> whatever you think about them, they've been successful. Um, they had a new album out in 2019 and they're still together. So, wow. so it's Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes. Mark, you're expert on the violent femmes, aren't you? So <laughs> you, you're a cheeky shade. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was going to say something very on PC, like I said the other them or something beforehand, but no, I won't. <laughs> uh, I've, I've never heard, I've never heard this song. But maybe once again, if I, if I, um, I think you know, you know it. Yeah, I it's think been so. In, it's been in various films and TV programs. Oh, it's right. um, actually a film, David, that you introduced me to, Gross Point Blank. Oh, really? I didn't, oh, re I didn't even realise. Okay. <laughs> I remember you bought me that for a pound in um, our local Phoenix Sound. I tell you what, I'm, yeah. I'm all charity, I am. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think okay. you would recognise it, Mark. Have a listen. Yeah, I'll, 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 give, I'll give it a listen. As, as always, David, sounds yeah. out of great. Um, list of songs afterwards. I, I will keep my ears up for that one. Yeah. Alan, do you know that one? I have to say, um, I don't. I mean, I've heard of the Violent Femmes. Yeah. And I could, I don't know, I might have a 12-inch single, but I, I don't recognise the name of the track. Okay. But I think um, they were, well, they were almost, they were, they were towards goth, weren't they? Was it? No, more, I I got more, the wrong more punk, I would say. Oh, right, okay. More, more, yeah, more on the sort of punk rock side. I would oh, right, well, there's, there's something for me new tonight, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I well. I, I, Again, I'm pretty sure you'll recognise it when you hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Oh, good. Well, all I can say, Darren, is you've got a clean sweep of you stumped us all oh. because I've... Um, I can picture some of their songs, and it might be that I heard them and it was I wasn't really that punky. So yeah. um, I, it didn't really register with me, but if it, I obviously will recognise it if it was in Gross Point Blank. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm I'm actually really looking forward to listening to our playlist, which we'll add into the show notes and on the Facebook page, um, because yeah. we've got such great songs on here, and uh, the joy of actually hearing something you don't remember hearing is is adds to it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. yeah well, yeah, well, you. Uh, that was a good choice then, Daz, in the end. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the listeners think. Yeah. <laughs> right then, on to Mark and his oh. second choice. Okay. Uh, I don't think this next one will draw a blank. 
Um, <laughs> so I've, I've, I've thrown a curveball with you here, David, because I said Toto in Africa, but that was actually 1982. So um, sincere well, apologies. I know, but this this one is most definitely it came out in uh, May of '83, <laughs> and uh, it was written by the Bee Gees. And Morris Gibb, when he was interviewed, said that it was actually written for people think it was written for Diana Ross, who went on to have a massive hit with Chain Reaction, I believe, in '86, I think. But it was actually, in fact, written for Marvin Gaye, and. Um, in, in, the, in the words of those guys on, on the Blues Brothers, yeah, we do country and western. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a country song. And it, the title of the song came from an Ernest Hemingway story um, released in the 70s. Uh, if you can't guess it by now, I don't know when you will. It is, of course, Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton and um, Kenny Rogers. I've had the joy of seeing Kenny Rogers twice live. The man is, uh, he's a monster of a talent. And, uh, or was, should I say. And uh, Dolly Parkman, what can you say as well? I, I love this song. I was watching a documentary on, on Dolly and Kenny, I think it was probably about a week ago. And this song came into mind. And, and at the time, in 83, I didn't like it. I thought it was too mushy. I was a child at the time, 10 years old, and I thought, oh, this is mince. And the more and more I listen to it as I get older, the more and more I absolutely love it. It's um, it's such a beautiful tune. There is a, a great rapport between the two of them as well when when they sing it together. They've, they've actually sung it together. But there's a little story as well about uh, Kenny Rogers saying he was in Vegas, and as a joke, he went into one of those things where they have the impersonators, and he says, I didn't tell anybody it was me. So he went up on the stage and he's singing with this girl who looks like Dolly and sang great like Dolly. He said, we did Islands in the Stream. And when it was over, this guy came up to him and said, I'll tell you one thing. You're a hell of a lot better than the real guy. Oh, and wow. uh, that's good. That That is so, so he says, is a true story. So uh, this one's got in as my second choice for 1983. God knows how long it spent at number one. It felt like an eternity, but um, I think it was only a few weeks. Yeah, well, I think um, that was resurrected, wasn't it, um, with um, Gavin and Stacey? Uh, yeah. With, um, Rob Ryden. Oh, Green. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The did the, the line dancing and everybody joined, joined in, didn't they? Yeah, it was for something comic like, relief, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's um, there's actually a, a Stranglers misprint of a, a single that came out the same year or the year before, something like that. And so there's a Stranglers on one side, and on the other side is that song. Right. It's quite a rarity, you know, because of mis being misprinted. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, so, Darren, I'm sure you've played that a few times at discos if you've been requested. Yeah. yeah, once or twice. And I don't think, probably different than Mark, I don't think at the time it meant anything to me at all. But I think over over the years, I've really started to admire it, enjoy it. Um, not something I play myself at home, but yeah, playing at discos. Uh, it's a good tune. Yeah, good choice. Dave, nice. you've done um, line dancing to it? 
Uh, I think I have done it once. Yeah, yeah. Friend Chris's uh, birthday party a few years ago, we did it. Although I confess that, you know, we we obviously had our fill of uh, Dolly in the seventies, didn't we? And in the charts, and I <laughs> and I just Sorry. blank, uh, and I just blank yeah. her, blank her out. And I I think as a, as a as what she's done for the for the country scene and still doing today, I think she's awesome um it's fantastic yeah. but i don't i don't really take to her voice um i did see yeah. the best little did i see her in the best little whorehouse in texas i think i might have yeah what were you um, doing in there <laughs> <laughs> and um it's oh, claire knows about that I, I, i'll tell you my uh story one day but claire knows about that one as well i'm going into one of those places all right okay <laughs> uh, uh, well i'll tell you what the the, the best original um the b-side of it was um i will always love you by dolly parton and i think that is one of the most beautiful uh, love songs ever written uh and when you hear you know like her like her or not with her voice um that that song just absolutely made for her voice uh and when you listen to whitney houston's version you think wow fantastic then you hear the original and then you think oh that is. How did that fantastic. song escape our best B-side show then? Yeah. Should have been in there. Yeah, totally. If only someone totally. had thought about it. We've already had that. Yeah. <laughs> we might revisit it. Love We've that. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it, Dolly Parton and and Kenny Rogers—they always looked a bit older than perhaps they were. And for me, it was it was just. It was like it was just it wasn't cool to like big yeah. things like that. No. It, wasn't, it wasn't for us that. in those days. We were but, early twenties now. It yeah, that wasn't our there scene. There was better music around at the time, but of course they're 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 massive in their own right and a lot yeah. of respect for yeah what nice. they've done. Yeah. Right there goes the gong, and uh, so we now moving on to Mister Turner with his second choice. Okay, here we go then. This was. Got to number three, um, so pretty successful, um, especially given the competition there was around in 1983. Um, it's about standing up in the face of adversity, fighting off depression, and not giving in to the setbacks. In fact, the guy who wrote this, it was he was inspired by the uh, Alan Bleedsdale TV series, Boys and the Black Stuff, which tells ah. tells all about the social strife and injustices in the uh, in Pete Wiley's hometown of Liverpool in the late seventies, we don't need any Liverpool accents. Thank you, Alan. Couldn't do in any way. Get the job. Get the job. I can um, do that. Don't want to offend our Sky The song is about dignity and self-respect. So you know, making sure you don't get pushed down. Um, so no matter what life throws at you, you get along. Uh, you, you find a way of getting through it uh, and you find a way of coming to terms um, of your own situation and choosing how things should go. And for me, I mean, we, we had some other bands, didn't we, from Liverpool around that time that were sort of more successful and, and lasted with uh, Echo and uh, Teardrops. Uh, yeah. But uh, Pete Wiley's band, The War, um, and his song, The... This is the Song of the Blues, part one. 
um, I think there were several iterations of, of the, the war, uh, Mighty War and different variations. But his voice, he belts out uh, and he sings this song and it's just very theatrical the way he does it. Fantastic tune. And when I thought about this and put it on the list, I just put it on and then you just settle back and you can just revel in it. Just a, just a great song, great tune. So um, there is my second choice. The story of the blues. Yes, yeah, story of the story blues, of the part one. Blues. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I remember buying this lovely blue twelve-inch single yeah. as well, with a sticker on it saying, "Price of a buy this for the price of a seven-inch single." So it's like, yeah, oh, that's man. right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. It was like ninety-nine pence for a twelve-inch single, which is which is great. But it's only like just about just over three minutes long, isn't it? Yeah, uh, over that, and yeah, great. Uh, yeah, and I, another one of those I often play. Often play. Daz, you know that one? Not at all, no. I've, yeah, I've heard of the Mighty Bar. Yeah, yeah, maybe I will. I've heard of a Mighty Bar, but you said they're just called The War for this. In this Sorry. version, yeah, just War apostrophe. Yeah. yeah, no, I'll have a listen. Maybe I'll know it, but it doesn't mean a thing to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. As soon as... I know the name Pete Wiley. Yeah, so, yeah because, you'll know it because the intro is uh, is about three, as you said, very mm -hmm. short, three yeah. seconds long, four, okay. and then he goes into it, and he's he's already almost crying. Uh, yeah, oh, it's a big voice. Yeah, yeah, big voice. Oh. What about what about you, Mark? Yeah, I have to say it's another one that stumped me. Um, looking yeah. forward to hearing it on the on the playback. Yeah, uh, I have heard of the Mighty Wah. Yeah. It's, it's very soulful, actually. It's quite You're right. Yeah, I should have described song. that. You're right. Is yeah. You know, well, that's that's my 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 play on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good good choice. Great choice. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Nice one. Liverpool, yeah, I've spared Jimmy Liverpool accents as well. Ish. Okay, come on, give yeah, us my, your my second one. You, you do know my that. aunt. You do know my aunt Arini, who is number one listener, lives on World. Uh, yeah, she's, oh, she's gonna be she's gonna be highly offended by your <laughs> take on Sky Saxon. Yeah, but so did Rog. She'll be writing Rog. in and complaining to the local MP. I was up on the Wirral last week. I could have popped in for a cuppa. Yeah, she's in. I think to watch Exeter lose to Tranmere. I think oh. the Wirral is the posh part of Liverpool. It is. Mm. Yeah. She lives in Bebbington, which is lovely as well. Right oh yeah, Sid Nolan lives in Bell Bebbington. Mm -hmm. As well, yeah. There you go. Big what shout out. As all colleagues, mm. right? So there. Uh, so um, now my turn again to bore you to death, and uh, <laughs> I'm going with um, a band who not not they're not everybody's cup of tea. You either like them or you don't. You either like the lead singer or you don't. And um, I I tended to like them. And, uh, you know, really from the, again, you would have heard of listening to this band on John Peel uh, and or uh, Jensen and or uh, Janet, um, uh, the lately, sadly departed Janice Long. Um, and uh, it was great because they just had a great setup, the vocalist, the guitarist who's still doing fantastic stuff to this very day. He, you know, the guitarist released something for Record Store Day 
uh, last weekend, and he's had a, a, a cracking album already this year. Um, this particular single was very, very popular. It was very catchy. Although it was, um, I suppose it was quite miserable, uh, some people might put it, it was also a catchy thing, and um, it, it, it became quite a danceable track, which you can't say for all of their, this band's um, output. Um, the song I'm, um, I'm talking about is um, by a band called The Smiths, and, um, and a tra the track is called This Charming Man. Uh, you know, it's, it's, as I say, you either like them or you don't. Most of my friends in Tembe, uh, where I come from, they, it's a religion for them. Uh, Morrissey and the Smiths is, is a religion. Um, you know, and, and they, they've done that um, of their own accord. Um, <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. I was living in London then. But it, if you mention the Smiths and Morrissey, uh, where I come from, you, you're going to think of two people straight away. Mally Coates and Nikki, Nikki, Nikki Lloyd. I say religion, religion. Even uh, Mally's mum or Joyce used to sing to this song, and she 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 was about in her eighties. You know, it's this that powering. But um, yeah, and, and the great thing was it it was um, with um, the band The Smiths being on Rough Trade. They always had great um, covers, and they always picked um, like a, a cover star. On this particular one, it's called Jean Murray. Uh, he's lying down. I think he's had a few sherbets, or he could even be dead. I don't know. But a bloke lying on the floor. Uh, I think there was a replacement cover at one stage because Jean didn't quite like it, so Morrissey had to had to fill in. Uh, but the good thing was, again, with this is when um, the um, it started Morrissey. I think for for probably the only time, because he was really the, um, as well as Johnny Marr, you know, the, the, the guitarist that I referred to, um, they were, they very seldom, they, they released the single and they didn't like anybody playing around with it. But this time they uh, allowed some guy called Francisco Gogan to do some remixes. And I don't think they, they allowed it after that. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a collector's item. I mean, you can still pick these up, but again, uh, very popular um, in some places. With other people, they just just did not get the band from Manchester. Who you know, Morrissey? Uh, he's now, well, as I said, he is a he continues to be a religion for so many people in the world, and um, I think without the Smiths. And Morrissey, the music world would be a little bit worse off than what it is. So, yeah, that's my second choice. The Smiths, This Charming Man, some fantastic lyrics. Take the time to read them. Oh, yeah. Brilliant lyricist. Uh, more a poet in many ways, isn't even a lyricist. Yeah. Um, and you're talking my language there now, Alan. I'm a big fan. Um, I made a bit of a mistake. I was going to include this one myself, but I, I've just seen what my mistake was. I looked it up and thinking it was 1983 and yeah. i looked at the album instead which was 84 wasn't it so this was like just before the album yeah uh, so i didn't get it but you, you would have got it before me anyway yeah. to be fair 
but yeah, no, absolutely. I think I went off this song slightly back in late 80s, probably, well, maybe 90s, because whenever a radio station was to play The Smiths, you guarantee it would be that song, and you'd yeah. never hear anything else. Yeah. So I kind of grew apart from it a little bit, but came, came back to it, and yeah, it's just a brilliant, brilliant pop song. Yeah, uh, I struggle a little bit now with Morrissey as the man he's become. Yeah, he's finally saying that he is. Um, I still, I had this art, this debate with my children actually this week, weirdly, but I can still appreciate and enjoy the music without necessarily supporting the man. But it's quite yeah. hard to separate those two things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, you know, great, you know. Not just um, you know, there's, there was two other people in the band who made it successful, wasn't there? It was Andy Rourke and yeah. Mike Joyce. Yeah, yeah. Mike Joyce. Yeah, um, Mike Joyce. You know, so um, there were four in it, but the bloke yeah. who really did, you know, did the words as Morrissey, and and the, and the music came from Mark. Oh, there we go. I don't know if you can uh, see this, but you were talking about Rough Trade. Yeah. My, my, I've just taken this down off the wall for the listeners. And it's a signed Smith's Rough Trade photograph, signed by all of them. It was a competition prize back in the day from Smash Hits, I think. Brilliant. I managed to pick it up some years later. I've had this about 10 years, I think. Yeah. For people watching at home in black and white, Daz is holding up a picture of the Smiths in black and white. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's Morrissey's old style signature where he scrawled a bit like a child. Yeah. He's since gone. I'll show you another one. Hang on. He's since gone to this very Swiss signature, which I've also got. Yeah. You see that yeah. down the side. Yeah, for you watching in black and white. Uh, yeah. He's holding up a picture of Morrissey, but it has <laughs> got a red cross as well. So not entirely black and white. No. Uh, and what about that then, Mr. Hollywood? Yeah, I, the Smiths were a band that um, a, a good friend of ours, Dave Chappell, got me into uh, back in the early 2000s. So what I have been in my thirties, uh, Dave Chappell and uh, a young lad, well, a young lad, same age as me, yeah, still young, uh, James Mackay, and uh, they were te- we were testing each other with lyrics of songs, and the two of them obviously ganged up on me with this one. Um, Why pamper life's complexity when the leather runs smooth on the passenger seat? And I hadn't a clue who that was or what it meant. Uh, and then they, they enlightened me with uh, this charming man. Oh, I heard the song, obviously heard the song, remember the song. I remember, I remember very, very clearly Morrissey with his gladioli sticking yeah. out of his backside on, on top of the pops. Yeah. But uh, never associated the lyrics because you were, you're more kind of mesmerized by this, this guy and, and the sound. So, yeah, in my 30s, I really get into the Smiths. This charming man is is uh easily in my, in, in my favorites uh there are so many others god i mean they've got some great um yeah they've, they've got some cracking tunes but uh, this charming man would have been the first that it was more it was more commercial than uh yeah much more commercial because it, there was there was a real tune a real melody to it yeah that's yeah. more Dave, were you charmed by it? <laughs> Very good. Um, I'll just come back on what you said there, Mark. When I mean, you said more commercial, I think you just mean catchy, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Catchy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, 
I just checked. Um, I, I, I like the Smiths, um, or like the Smiths. Uh, I, I do have a problem with, with who Morrissey is or how we know about him today. Um, but I've always liked them. Um, but you know what? I don't have any of their records. I've got one album by Morrissey. Oh, wow. Really? And I've, I've picked them up and I've put them down and I've picked up other things instead. Um, and I keep on thinking, oh, maybe next time I do. And I know there's only four albums really to get, isn't there? Yeah. So it's, yeah. and you know what? They're going to be there. So I'm I, I'm not worried about <laughs> rushing out to get it. But, I mean, I expected these religiously as they came out. The scene with 12 inch single. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're just beautiful items to have. And then the other thing is, well, because they were quite short songs as well the quality of the of the the, the record is oh, brilliant as well. yeah yeah so i'm not trying I to squeeze it all 12 inches, so i've got i've got almost all of the seven inches so i collected those back in the day oh, oh right yeah yeah so my thing for you to do then a day um start collecting the smiths back yeah i was just going to say it my, my favorite tune of theirs is how how soon as now yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just that the, the oh. roar of the guitar is, oh, is Johnny just Marr at the start of that song is something absolutely amazing. amazing. I've yeah. never heard anything like it since or before that. Um, what a, what an intro! Yeah, you know the sun in the air. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, a very very powerful uh, track. I've seen Johnny Marr play that live a couple of times in the last. I've over seconds. overgone the mark this time, but I think um, deservedly so. Before that. So I'm going to stop the uh, ring the gong now or bang the gong and then say, uh, Daz, can you enlighten us with your third choice, please? Okay, I'll try and enlighten you. But um, actually, I think this will enlighten you. I think you'll be happy. Um, so I made a bit of a mistake. I wanted to put in Mad World here by Tears for Fears. Uh, brilliant song, but 1982. I, oh, I only realised at the last minute. That's a maker. Yeah, I think it was November or something, 82. And yeah, so this was a, a late substitution, but a brilliant, brilliant song. From October 1983, um, the, lead of, the lead singer of the band was very interested in an Australian author called Patrick White. And there was a novel called The Vivisector, in which um, the protagonist decided to try and put a bag of cats into a river. So it's a bit dark. It's very dark. <laughs> uh, and, and how a song, a how bit. a song of this, <laughs> this very statue. cruel as well. Yeah, very cruel. Yeah, but this song will get everybody up on the dance floor, guaranteed, with no idea about <laughs> how the song became to be written. It is The Love Caps by The Cure. So yeah. the man in question was Robert Smith, who um, was a fan of that author. Um, absolutely brilliant. And I don't know, the... the I'm going to keep this short as well, but I don't know if you remember the video for it when they're dancing in a mansion, a big mansion house, and there's a large lampshade falls on the head of a bass player, and there's loads of um, cats everywhere, but they're taxidermed cats. So yeah, they were supposed yeah, to cats in the video, but decided that that it was too much hassle. Too much hassle to get real cats in, so they used yeah. stuffed cats. Um, and this mansion... And cheaper, they, yes, as well. You wouldn't have to pay them anything. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? Not really. Not very much at all. <laughs> no. no. And, and the mansion where the video was shot, they got that without paying as well. So along with the cats, not paying them. They said they wanted to buy the mansion, got the keys, shot the video, gave the keys oh, back. Cheeky. 
Indeed, yeah. Um, but obviously, we, we all know it, I'm sure. Absolutely brilliant song. It was their first top 10 single. Uh, never on an album initially. It was included on a compilation, Japanese Whispers, uh, yeah. later in the same year. I thought that was just the rumour. Yeah, it's just a rumour, though, wasn't it? That was. Didn't actually appear on it. I had to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Brilliant song. I'm sure you'll agree. Probably, again, their most commercial slash catchy, um, I would say, of all the Cure songs. They've done a lot better, I think. Oh, Freddy um, Amon Love. Yeah, I didn't mean that one, but. <laughs> Freddy Amon Love. Yeah. And then the other one, uh, what's the other one called? Um... Oh, Let's go God. to bed. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, you. Oh, no, come back, come back to me. A forest. Yeah. It's a, yeah. the a spider, forest. the spider. Some, what's it called? Caterpillar. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I guess you know our, our fans are sitting out there shouting at us. No, what saying, you're thinking of? The... That one. Just like heaven, is that one you're all right? No, just like heaven. No, there's pictures, you know. Love song, lullaby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I definitely bought this. I can remember, I can see the picture cover now. It's kind of grey, black, with colours, occurring, different colours. That's right. Yeah, definitely bought that. What about you, Mr. Turner? Um, I'm sorry, Darren. This is my favourite song of theirs. I love it. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Very commercial. Not very. Uh, look, just so catchy. You just can't stop yeah. from from joining along with it, can you? Um, no, always, no. always loved it. Um, the young Mister Turner, Seth. It's he's yeah. had the Cure on the, his bucket list for a couple of years already. Um, so it's it's uh, well loved in the family. That can't go wrong. Yeah. It uh, this was on my shortlist for 1983. I can see it there. Um, yeah. I, I tried to go a little bit to so other bands we hadn't talked to. I, I, I guessed you'd be putting this in here anyway. To be quite honest, as on <laughs> yeah. there, no smashing song, great as you said. It must be one that just gets people up on the dance floor every time. Yeah, yeah. To to totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, it was. It, it would have been in my top ten and. Uh, I don't know if, if if she's listening from Newry Down Quinn. Um, no, we, we we did it very briefly in uh, oh, 1990 or something like that before I went to uni, and Down and I used to swap tips, you know, Memorex tips yeah. and oh, yeah. tips, yeah. and uh, she gave me a shot of the Cure. It's the one of the old guy on the front cover on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great tips, it. isn't it? Sort of like a, is it? It's, it's probably greatest hits. And I listened yeah. to it, and I got about halfway through it, and I thought, "Oh, hanging out for a game of darts." Uh, I was so so narrow-minded, uh, and I'm sure friends will say to me the same thing in, in the nineties. I, I just I, I, I real focus on just a few bands, but I started getting into the Cure and the Smiths and you know indie bands like that. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Love Cats is great. The pictures of You, Lullaby, Friday I'm in Love. They've got so many great tracks, and when you listen to it, there is a real um, depth to to the lyrics, the meaning of, of it as well, and a great musicianship as well about them. Yeah, uh, something that's very rare, I would say these days. But but then I'm I'm getting grey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wonderfully, wonderfully pretty, isn't it? 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd never break it. Break it. Yeah. And uh, with that, let's move on to Mark and his uh, third choice, who is anything yeah. but wonderfully, wonderfully pretty. Okay. Oh. Thanks. Thanks for that, Alan. That's uh, that's really perked me up. Uh, so it, it, it's a it's a nice segue from the last song because you mentioned Australia. Uh, these guys, as far as I know, were a two-hit wonder. I could be wrong. You could be shouting at me saying, no, no, that's not the case. The lead no, singer the, the, the lead singer is a guy, uh, is a guy called Colin Hay. Uh, I believe he's from the Weege, uh, from, from Glasgow. Uh, you wouldn't know now, though, that he is. I went to see him in Orlando in, in Florida in oh, 2013. And the reason why I went to see him was because of this one song. Well, because of two songs, <laughs> "Who Can It Be Now" was the other song, and this uh, this song uh, is is "Men at Work Down Under." Uh, when it came out, it was such a great piss take. I loved it. I loved it. It was just uh, it was so tongue in cheek, but it delivered a very uh, hard message, and it was about um, uh, you know about Australia at the time. He was obviously down there. And uh, it was it was about how the country was going through this kind of very very dynamic change. He emphasises that it wasn't a nationalistic song or anything like that, but it was just all about the what he considered the overdevelopment of the country at the time, and that it was getting ahead of itself. But some some just great lines. Everybody knows him. Uh, you know the, the opening line: "Travelling in a fried out combi on a on a hippie trail, head full of zombies." And then you've got the the boy with the Vegemite sandwich. Uh, and a guy from Brussels, six foot, six foot four, and full of muscles. <laughs> when I heard the song at the age of ten, I just couldn't stop singing it. Yeah. Uh, and it's going in there. T- well, two reasons. One, I do like Colin Hay, despite the fact he's a Rangers fan. No offense, right? <laughs> and uh, second reason is that it is just indelibly marked in my head at, at that age. And you would, it would just, it would hit you. And you would keep singing it, keep singing it. And unlike all of the other fantastic songs that we've uh, gone through so far, this one is just, uh, it's you, you, you hum it, you sing it. You remember the video as well. The video, I think, was quickly shot for MTV because uh, M- MTV didn't have many videos at the time. And I think that's probably what catapulted it yeah. to the number one position at the time because it was so comical. I think um, your, your man Barry Humphreys made an appearance as well on it, uh, of Dame Edna Everidge fame. Brilliant. All right. So, um, yeah, that's my number three, Down Under uh, by Men at Work. Good um, evening. And the great Colin Hay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this. Um, bought, bought the album. In fact, I played it a couple of weeks ago, I think. The yellow cover. Yeah. The black. Yeah. And um, yeah, on the blue epic label, I can see it now. And then, yeah, as you said, um, the other track was uh, "Who Can It Be Now." Great tune, yeah. great tune. Yeah, yeah, but man, yeah, that was very, very popular at the time. Uh, Daz, you remember that? Yeah, great song. Yeah, and weirdly, I had a conversation at school today with a student about this Ooh. song. Well, not quite this song. He he walked past me and he went. I come from a land down under. I went, like, he, what is he, nine? And I said, how do you know this song? And he said, oh, it's brilliant. He said, I hear it on YouTube and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, you don't. He said, yeah, go and play it. And I played it. And he went, no, not that one. 
<laughs> there's a remix by I think it's Deep Rot. A loop. Oh no! And I said, "Oh no! What are you doing to me? You need to play the eighties one." He went, "Eighties? What do you mean eighties? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So there you go. I didn't know he did. That's a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, weird, yeah. isn't it? So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, no, brilliant. Do you know what? I didn't even know um, what a Vegemite sandwich was either. So right. it's, it's 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 like Marmite. Yeah. 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 Oh. And, uh, you were on, on... at work, Dave. I know you were. Yeah, look, they they capture the mid '80s, don't they? The sort of the the the, the snappy pop song that did really well. Um, I like this one. I like the the other one um, as well. Uh, mm. What I really loved was in Scrubs, where you had Colin Hay, who who um, yeah. kind of broke the broke the fourth wall, didn't he? <laughs> so I was yeah. singing the songs and then wandering on to the into the hospital scene on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, on quite a few yeah. episodes, I think, didn't he? I've never yeah. watched that. Oh, Scrub, Scrubs is excellent. Yeah, Scrubs is think... absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I will get around to it one day. I can't remember that. Can't remember um, so, anyway, yeah, so, all good. Uh, all good. That's a good choice. Um, Mark, and on to Mr. Turner with number three. Yeah, yeah, uh, number three. So, uh, whilst touring in the uh, in, in Australia, um, it was 1982, uh, Elvis Costello was, was away when the Falkland Islands uh, war kicked off and uh, he was inspired or uh, distressed by what he was he was seeing and reading and hearing about um, and to the point where he just poured out this this story um, uh, into a song uh, into what he himself considered to be the the lyrics for the best uh, or the best ever lyrics he'd written full of of irony and social commentary um it's about uh the uh, allegory of the floundering british economy um that manufactured a sorry manufactured uh, a war uh to fight whilst shifting public attention for what was going on in the country uh the the lyric tells a story of a coastal town enjoying an economic moon uh, boom building warships um it's a wonderful song um sung by robert wyatt who people would know him from soft machine originally and suddenly you see him on there and he just has this way of of singing the song sort of a forlorn voice which adds to the poignancy and 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 gives edge to this wonderful song um there's a great line in it and there's there's look, it's it's you know we I think we all appreciate Costello for his uh, songwriting skills. Um, and there's many great lines in there, but one that jumps out is uh, diving for dear life when we could be diving for pearls, which is obviously that indictment and said, you know, because the, the, the country are trying to divert attention, you're building warships when you could have been doing so much better on there. Um, wonderful song, didn't actually do that well. Costello did release it himself, didn't he? Separately, um, uh, elsewhere. Yeah, I think, I think I'm not sure it was a single, but 
it was on an album. It was, yeah, it was always on an album. Yeah, um, look, the yeah. Wyatt's voice. Once you once you get tuned into it, I think it just really the the expression and it just sort of conveys just the that that irony in there. It's wonderful stuff, and uh, I was glad to be able to pick that and put this into my list again. Didn't like to be too conventional. That is, yeah, that is... I remember buying this. Um... Only on a seven-inch this one, but it had a funny. It was like a game yeah, ball. yeah. It was so it's on three. Yeah, strange one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, you're right about his voice because he's got like a, he's got a slight lisp. Yeah, slightly he's broken a voice, almost soft, soft, broken voice as well. Yeah, but I can remember listening to this in my um, my my bedroom when I lived in in, in Bayswater, and. Uh, just gazing out over that, like I could gaze out over not a great view of London, but you know, I could see one or two things and that. I'm just peering out. I just remember him, uh, I had tears rolling down my cheek, oh. you know, one, one time listening to it. It's such, it was such a sad yeah. situation and just the way he, he portrayed that and, and just sang it from the heart. And, um, he talks about the, the, the boy on, on it on his and about the boy on his birthday, things like that, and not being able to afford stuff, you know, because oh, you know, yeah. people didn't have the money and being so destitute. Um, it's just the rumor that will get around. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Around town. Around town. I, 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 I love this song. I was actually introduced to the song by Swede. I think Swede did a cover of it in the mid nineties, and uh, and then obviously I traced the song back to the songwriter and to the original uh, release. A very poignant, emotional, emotive song, and very right for the time. Just on the cusp of the the minor strikes, the demise of the um, the shipyards in Teesside and Glasgow, and even Belfast. And uh, yeah, he, he oh. um, conjures up an image. Yeah, he it's does. The, uh, yeah, it, it really does conjure up an image when you listen to but it. It paints a story just with his voice, isn't it? Just just the, yeah, tam- the timbre of his voice. Completely. Yeah. Great choice. Great choice, David. And I wasn't expecting that one tonight. I'm so glad you put it in. D- Darren, do you yeah. know it? Yeah, I, I know it. I've never been. Uh, a big Elvis Costello fan. Well, not yet. Obviously, we can discover music at any point. Um, but I know that song. Great song. But I wouldn't claim to know much of his other stuff. I know a few big singles. and Yeah. But, you know, that is a brilliant song. You, you know, I can't argue with that one. Yeah. Great choice. I think the lyric I was trying to think of, it, a bicycle on the boy's birthday. Yeah. That's what it was. Right, nice. Yeah. But, yeah, great. Great, great. Uh, Green label, as I remember. Anyway. That sounds about right. Come on yeah. then, come on, Alan. Give us uh, your, give us your one now. My third now. That one. Well, again, this guy's kind of gone down in a lot of people's estimation, and probably uh, not a lot, a lot of people would maybe tend to admit to to liking him anymore. Uh, because of the, his reputation, but sadly he's no longer around to protect himself or or say what happened. Um, but 
this song was from an album which is probably one of the biggest selling albums in the history of popular music um and the coverage that the accompanying video for the song uh had was just outstanding uh, as i recall special programs were uh, planned just to uh, run the the full nine minute version of this video um and as i say the, the album that it came from uh was actually released in uh, around about in in the the previous year and he'd gone through a period of releasing almost nearly every track off off, off this album but eventually he did release the title track and um it's gone on to be one of my most famous sorry one of my favorite probably one of my favorite sort of dance songs and just just the whole thing of it um and great to play at discos uh and uh the song I'm talking about is Thriller by Michael Jackson. Um, if you can remember, the video starts off where uh, he's taking a, uh, his girlfriend to the cinema, and um, you know it's very creepy music at the, you know, and um, and then suddenly you got Michael Jackson who turns into a werewolf, and you get all these uh, zombies uh, joining, and so it goes on and. And then at the end of it, you've got um, you've got that the, 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 the diction being portrayed at the end. Is that the right thing? That's what the commentary by um, Vincent Price, yeah. uh, which yeah. is again um, quite chilling. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm sure. A lot of our listeners uh, will remember it and rem can remember watching the video. But for years, I, I, I mean, the original, the original uh, twelve-inch release was essentially the set, essentially the, um, the the album version, about five six minutes long, um, and I was convinced for years and years and years that. A and and the nine minute video version existed on vinyl, uh, but I could never track it down. Um, but um, but well, one day I I thought I'm just gonna I'm just gonna convert that video oh. onto a CD, and so I I, I can now listen to the the actual okay. nine minute version. But yeah, so um. I'm so besotted with this. Um, I was convinced there still was a, a vinyl version of it uh, with 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 this cover, like a different cover to the to the UK version. Um, I eventually, I, I didn't. It doesn't exist as far as I know on vinyl. Uh, but what I did pick up is a very very nice Mexican version of it. Oh, um, but it's not called uh, Thriller. It's called Este Dante, and um, uh, which means thriller. 
in Mexico. And, uh, well, I, I'd be surprised if it was the girl is mine. <laughs> well, it depends how hooky it is. But it comes on a very lovely red oh, bottle. Right, yeah. uh, if you're looking in black and white, it's actually red. Nice. And if you can pick up one of these, uh, you'll be paying quite a pretty penny. I Fortunately, I didn't uh, pay that much for it, but uh, I'm so glad I did. Um, it plays like a dream. It's got a great cover here. It's Mexico in Mexico. Uh, it's a great track. As I say, um, I don't want to go on to what's, what happened, uh, but a lot of people are... are, 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 are been uh, sort of uh, their their love for Michael Jackson has has, has sort of dissipated, but I still I still think uh, he's a class act, and um, he had some great um, producers and, and people working with him. But mm. I don't think there'll be another Michael Jackson, and that's mm. my third choice. I came out in I say in 1993, 1983. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, great song. I mean, I, I don't know if I said this to one of you guys or whether I did it on the last podcast, so I won't say too much, but I remember queuing for the video from my local yeah. um, video shop, whatever it's called back then, even before Blockbuster, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I had to get this video because I'd heard so much about it, and yeah. Uh, and it is a brilliant song, and I think the video captivated people. It was the first one of its kind, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you can't can't complain about that song. And I used to love sort of Hammer Horror. So Christopher <laughs> Price, yes, yeah, so that that I, I loved that aspect of it as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, great. Yeah, you have to go do it for you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, he does. Despite all, all that you've said, um, <laughs> he he was an absolute genius. And I think Thriller and um, the um, oh, what was it? The uh, previous one, I'm getting old. What, uh, it's a off, the bit of, uh, off the wall, yeah. Two two of my favorite albums, and I even like Bad. A, a good friend of mine, Peter Malin, was um, massively into Jackson, Mike, Michael Jackson. Even he um, used to perform at the school proms and do the Michael Jackson dance. He was fantastic at it. Yeah. But the early eighties, um, well, even the late eighties, were dominated by him. He he was the king of pop. You can't you can't deny that i remember the hype i remember the hype so so well yeah. around the video uh because it was so scary at the age of 10 and i remember folk going to the savoy cinema in yuri watching this video oh my god it's and you look at it now it's a bit like the exorcist and you look at it now and you go really was it that bad <laughs> uh, and, and vincent price peter cushing the hammer house of horrors I will never tire of watching those films. I love them as crass as they are. Yeah. I, I just, I just love them. But he, yeah. he, got them, he got the mix well. He, he had a great producer in Quincy Jones. Yeah. Who, who nailed it every time. So with Jackson's talents and uh, Quincy, Quincy Jones, you know, ability in, in the um, of course uh, in the Rod studio Temperton. was fantastic. Rod Temperton. And a big shout out there for um, uh, my band uh, that I mentioned from time to time, uh, Young Gun Silver Fox, Andy Platts, who plays the keyboards in Young Gun Silver Fox. 
also wrote um, some songs with Rod Temperton. So there you go. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Very good. Tenuous Link. Yeah, but that shout out to the band and yeah. also to my mate Sean if he's listening, he won't be, but there we go. Uh, Dave, I, what I remember. You say about there's no, there's not much to add, is there? Um, yeah. I remember vividly waiting up when this was first broadcast um, on telly just to record it. I had a special Your tape. Dad let you start. I, I, I was the same age as you at that time, so I think we were oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty. Yeah, I know. Wear it well. You've aged well. You've aged well. Um, and and the fact it was directed by John Landis, who I loved anyway because of um, American Werewolf in London. You know, he had the he had the credentials for doing this particular uh, track, and look, who can't be caught up with it when when you're there and you're not sure what you're going to see, and then they start doing the the zombie dancing. Yeah, uh, amazing. <laughs> it's great. So, um, yeah. I think there's there's some humour there as well, which I wouldn't really have expected coming from him. Well, John. Well, John Landis did um, trading places. Oh no, I meant, on three, yeah. Yeah, so I meant about right. Michael Jackson. So you're right. Ah, right. Okay. I, yeah. I think I think the humour was, was was definitely brought there by. by oh, absolutely. Landis. Yeah, it was, it was given license. Um, yeah. 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 Um, that's great. So I think I've overrun again myself. So I'm going to stop myself there and <laughs> say, Daz, it's time for you to uh, show us your number four. Yeah, no worries. Okay, so um, this was a tricky choice because obviously we've said before, I think 1983 was such a brilliant year um, for albums, but especially singles, I think. So there's a few more I would have gone for, the likes of sort of R.E.M., Spandar Ballet even got in there on my shortlist, Bowie, somebody might have that, so I won't say too much about that. Uh, Adam Ant as well. Uh, my very first gig I went to, Musical Youth, and I even considered Pastor Duchy. So there was quite a few, but um, I've gone for uh, an artist that, again, is still performing to this day. Uh, very political, but as far as I'm concerned, not without getting too political. Um, more my kind of elk than Morrissey, who we've mentioned earlier. But I'm going to start with a quiz for you. So we like a quiz occasionally. So there are two songs with this opening line, which I wasn't aware of. I thought it was only this song, but... Um, so the song is, the lyric is, I was 21 years when I wrote this song. I'm 22 now, but I won't be for long. Can anyone name either of the songs that that is the first time? Well, I've not sung it on purpose. God, they're all racking their brains. I think you better put us out of or put the listeners out of their misery. Yeah. Let's sing it. I was 21 years when I wrote this song. I'm 22 now, but I won't be for long. Oh, hey. yeah. What's the name? Uh... <laughs> well, it's what's his name originally. But yeah, so it is a New, New England. England. New England. Oh, Kirsty. Yeah. Kirsty McCall. Yeah, yeah. Who did it a year or two later? A year later, I think. But yeah. it was due on Billy Bragg's album, Life's a Riot, oh. 5 vs. 5. Oh, of course, yeah. The, the yeah. One yeah. Yeah, yeah. But before I move on, I forget the other song um, where Billy Bragg nabbed the line from, if you like. It's on a Paul Simon song, Leaves oh. That Are Green. Oh, which right. is not a song I really know, but but yeah, apparently the line was taken from that. Well, there'll be a, will there be a case between Billy Bragg and Paul Simon, just like Ed Sheeran? <laughs> oh, you probably asked him. Who's going to win? I don't 
fight. There's only one way to stop. <laughs> come on, come on, Paul. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But no, I mean, I've always been a big fan of Billy Bragg. Um, from this album, I've got a mate, Paul Stolworthy, so shout out to him. He was probably a fan of Billy Bragg, I think, before me, but got me hooked straight away. And I think he's he's best known for this song and for Greetings to the New Brunette, which is Shirley. Everyone knows that one as well. Um, I've just... No, you're shaking your head out. Uh, you would. Yeah, you would know it. One. You'd know yeah. it if you heard it. So anyway, right. yes, the Billy Bragg released this in 83. Uh, it became a much bigger hit for Kirsty McCall, um, bless her, in 1985, but recorded in 84. And it was produced by her then-husband, Steve Lillywhite. Steve Lillywhite, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You've given yeah. me a shoe-in there, Dave. You've given me a shoe-in. Ah, there you go. All right, yeah. hold that thought. Um, obviously, Kirsty McCall, as we know, had a very untimely and premature death, which was sad. But a funny little story is she said she thought Billy Bragg um, made the song too short. So he actually then wrote another verse for her and she performed it and released it with the extra verse in. And ever since she's passed away, when Billy Bragg plays this song live, he always includes her verse. Oh, yeah. Lovely. So yeah, so that that's gone in for me. A New England Billy Bragg. Yeah, uh, I certainly know you go for. Um, well, okay. I, I I love I love Kirsty McCall. Um, sorely sorely missed. Um, and her her her, her great late great dad Ewan McCall, who did a wonderful version of the first the first time I ever saw your face. Um, yeah, which 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 is dear to my heart. This is a this is a great song. It's a, and and I and I I'm a bit of a heathen now because I only know the Kirsty McCall version. Oh, do you? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing the Billy Bragg oh, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you'll love it. I mean, yeah. I think if you yeah. know Kirsty McCall's and you have done for years, you might struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to appreciate it as it is. Um, yeah. Completely different, but the same song. It's very yeah, raw, geez. isn't it? Billy's more yeah. raw, isn't he? He's raw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do remember. Um, I did buy the. I didn't buy the Billy Bragg version, but but I did see him in the the Virgin Megastore in Tottenham Court Road once, pouring over this the the single section. Yeah, he was in there. Yeah. Uh, but I did buy the Kirsty McCall picture disc in the shape of England. Okay. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, but... um... I've met Billy Bragg a few times now, but the most interesting was um, in Exeter, uh, in Belmont Park, there was an anti-Nazi league rally. And as I was to Billy Bragg in front of the tent, um, a protester, uh, we'll leave it at that, ran through the back of the tent where he was performing (coughs) and chucked a smoke bomb. And I was talking to Billy Bragg at the time, and he said, um, he just said, I think we'd better move. I went, yeah. Good idea. We didn't know what was going to happen. So I ended up walking away with Billy Bragg, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm, that's, that's the New England for you. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, are you still there? <laughs> he was. I think he camera'd off, but... Dave, Dave Earth to Dave. I mean, Look, he, he wasn't feeling too good today. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, I'm here. Oh, there he is. oh, he's back. He's back. 
Um, great record. Uh, I always had a soft spot for Billy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even today, I think he's just kept himself, you know, very involved in music, um, taking himself yeah. well, down in Dorset, don't they? These days, taking himself out of the sort of big smoke. But uh, And he's got into writing lots of books. I think he's writing about Skiffle recently. So I'm trying to go back to the early early days of music uh pop music in england so sort of the lonnie donegan era and things like that oh there we go the progressive patriot was a book he did some years ago now 10 years ago that's great so excellent excellent to put this one in there um very worthy and uh, a nice english tone to it yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, thanks for your four dads. Uh, Mark, you, you're earned Catholic. Well, Very good. David's obviously been teaching you a bit of Spanish yeah. there uh, at, <laughs> at the weekends. Right. So, I'm, I'm really surprised because I, I completely avoided one of the choices because I thought Darren would choose it. Um, Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. It was absolutely in there, my, my number four, and I thought, oh, it's a bit contentious as well. Even though Bono says it's not about January 1972 or indeed the incident at Croke Park. Anyway, I avoided it for that particular reason, even though I think it is a spectacularly brilliant song. Uh, the fourth one I've gone for is by a man who has been mentioned no more than 10 minutes ago. And it's... Um, the, the lead guitar in it is by Eddie Van Halen. The rest of the gang were out of town at the time. Quincy Jones approached him and said, do you fancy doing this uh, bit of guitar on uh, on this particular song? And uh, he gladly did that. Uh, and I'm so glad he did because when I first heard it, 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 it absolutely hooked me. I'll keep it brief. It's uh, off the same album as Thriller. To me, it's the best song on the album. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got Billy Jean, you've got Thriller, The Girl Is Mine, blah blah blah. Beat it. And what's so funny about it is Michael Jackson, who was obviously from a very privileged background. The the, the video, uh, it's two gangs, you know, uh, heading up against each other, and uh, it's all very. Um, choreographed it's brilliantly choreographed as always with, with michael jackson but um the song itself is is class but i just remember the, the the video itself being a bit crass and thinking i don't think you've ever been in the gang fight mate this is all very west side story and, um having grown up in uri at the time and, and, and having seen a bit of a bit of rough and tumble um it it, it didn't it didn't resonate with me at all what the song did most definitely it's in there at number four short and sweet uh we've said all we've said about michael jackson and and uh you know his legacy and and what have you but you can't deny that he was just uh something else you can't go from 1979 till about 88 without mentioning jackson it's as simple as that yeah yeah right yeah just like madonna yeah, yeah. Um, they're mega stars. They'll. Well, I don't think they're. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're musical. 
I don't, I don't think it's as popular as it was. Um, but they can still shift a lot of records. They probably do. Um, That's because it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're still talking about them 20 years later. Near enough. 40 years later. Yeah. If I'd known you'd chosen Michael Jackson Thriller, I would have thrown another one into the mix there. Oh, uh, right. well, you, you a said bit, a bit of madness or whatever. Yeah, and I assumed you would have had you too, Mark. So, yeah, I was, I was sorely <laughs> tempted. I think Sunday Bloody Sunday really gets me. It gets yeah. me. Oh, brilliant! I, that has to go on. That has to go on Spinal Tap Eleven every time I, I, <laughs> I put it on. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lovely cover as well. Um, I haven't really. Uh, I'm so. It'll be fourth, will it be fourth? When do you think? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be next. Yeah, of course, next it'll be year. next year. Yeah. Fourth years. Is it this year or next year? The next. four album? Oh, that's a good yeah. question. I expect big things next year, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it is next year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, right then, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Turner if he's still. Yeah, yeah, all good. To do his right. All good. Um, <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but I had quite a list that I, of, of s singles that I had as contenders. So ones that yep. didn't make my list. Um, Star Council, Long Hot Summer. Yeah. Uh, Depeche Mode, Everything Counts. Oh, Large amount. Yeah. 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 Hall of Notes, Man Eater. Brilliant! Yes, Clash, yeah, Clash, Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah was yeah. on my list. Yeah, Joe Jackson, who I think we did not so long. Stepping out, um, yeah. And then the Fix had a couple of songs which did really well, and I, I really just want to mention them because I'm not sure they'll ever get a mention again in in yeah. this podcast. Um, say one thing. Zero? No, I was going to do the other one. One thing leads to another. Oh. On there, but instead <laughs> I'm going with a different one. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of the backstory, but this is actually about the, the, the tune, the singing that goes with it. Um, it's about a girl who knows her man is cheating on her uh, and wants to know who this woman is. Sung by Annie Lennox, um, oh, who at the time was desperately in love. Um, as it happens, when they filmed the video that accompanied this this song, um, they had a setup where Annie Lennox was standing in a cabaret singing whilst her then lover Dave Stewart um, parades several attractive women into a, into a fancy restaurant. One of the women who he does parade is Siobhan Faye from Bananarama, who a few years later would then be married to him. Um, but for me, it's not about the video. It's all about Annie Lennox's voice. Um, who's that girl? Just an incredible, uh, just an uh, incredible voice, uh, and this is one of those songs that you know sometimes there's a song that just goes with a person's personality and their voice, and these were just made for each other. A wonderful song. Don't really need to go into it too much because I think we can all hear those voices. I don't think anyone even tried to impersonate her. He's, it's not a challenge. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, give it a go. One, one, one of my favourite songs of 1983, uh, like, like a lot of the uh, 
eurythmic songs when when uh, they come together they're just uh just beautiful uh and and magical there's my one yeah yeah, yeah, nice one. yeah underrated i think now yeah they don't get they don't get a lot of coverage no um i think partly because i think like well i think dave stewart doesn't really you know kurt being you don't you don't see him on any no uh television programs you know when they look back at the music he never i mean but he, i still i still think he um he's very major he's in the music business he's doing produce production or something like that yeah um i think annie lennox she i don't think she does like the 80s thing to any backing music or anything else she's another one who kind of keeps out of the doesn't doesn't really uh, you know being no. in the lamb lot, lot but we couldn't hear her daughter nowadays can't we uh -huh. oh is it who's that um uh, just remember is it lola lola lennox if you hear her singing she's got some of her mum's uh, voice oh no. right okay no i've, I've, yeah. I've never heard of her i think they both shied away from interviews didn't they i don't yeah. ever remember really seeing them chatting you know no. But a yeah. great, great producer. He's a fantastic oh, yeah, producer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say, yeah, it, it is Lola. Um, I watched Annie Lennox. It was a private audience with, with Annie Lennox uh, a few weeks back on, I think it was Sky Arts or something like that. Formidable. Just the voice yeah. is, is, is incredible. And we took it, we took it very, we, we had such a deluge of talent. I think back in the 80s. The fact that we're sitting here and struggling with a short list is testament to that. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Annie Lennox, though, fantastic. Uh, Sweet Dreams, I would have put before that. I think it was released in 1983 as well. But Who's That Girl is, is one of those under the radar, as Alan said. Yeah. You, you, you don't think of it, but um, such, such a great song. Yeah, a, a great, great album as well. Yeah, and uh, the pride, the pride of the northeast of Scotland, the Aberdeen kid. Yeah, so I like I like try doing an Aberdonian accent, Alan. Yeah. I, 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 not a chance, not yeah. a chance, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good shot. I don't know anybody from Aberdeen. Ah, uh, can a few. Money Lennox. Yeah. Speak Doric up there. Um, Interestingly, so any any yeah. anybody from Aberdeen or close to Aberdeen? Not these, well, it's not quite close to Aberdeen, it's about 50 miles away, but uh, yeah, get in touch and give us your best. Yeah. Aberdonian accent. Nice. Aberdeen, Aberdonian accent. Aber, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, did you say? Oh, no, no, useless. useless. Right. We've just lost them. Thanks for choices, Mark, and uh, I'm going to be continuing, and this will come as no surprise to you four. I'm going to be continuing with the Scottish theme. Oh, not simple Same minds though. again, for Christ's sake. <laughs> not the strongest, is it? Oh, what? <laughs> Honest to God, there's like only one band on the planet. <laughs> there is. I can just copy and paste from the last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for this. So, my final choice was uh, Waterfront by Simple Minds. That came oh. out in November and it was produced. 
Uh, it was mixed by Steve Lillywhite. So that's the connection. Yeah, brilliant. So we've always, we've talked spoke about it before. It's a fantastic uh, single. Um, and uh, it really, it's, it saw Simple Minds going into the stadium, kind of moving in from um, uh, tiny arenas to, to stadium rock. And uh, uh, it's a great, great track. And I saw them perform it a few weeks ago. Brilliant. Um, I won't bore you with the 10 of the coffees I've got to the side because I've probably already overrun on my previous selection. Suffice to say that, um, yes, 1983 was a fantastic year for music. Um, if you don't believe us, then please have a listen to the songs that Dave will be uh, putting on the Spotify uh, podcast link. And uh, I think that sort of wraps up the show um, for this week. And um, hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, normal service will be resumed next time when we will have a proper presenter in the form of Mr. David Turner. Oh, thank you. So it's good night from me. And it's good night from Mark. Good night. Good night, Alan. Simple Minds are banned. <laughs> uh, they're, a great, they're a great band I think yeah, are right about, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's good night from Dave hope you're feeling better soon Dave thank you very much yeah yeah and thank you yeah. for stepping in much appreciated Alan and goodbye right. to the listeners um, yeah and um, it's a good night from uh, Mr Daz good night also Darren LeBon suddenly yeah we oui, we oui. and there was no Duran Duran in there tonight not at all, but he's, he's, he is wearing a rather fetching Morrissey t-shirt, I have to add. <laughs> Thank you very much. And Mark's wearing some... It's Van Halen. Van Halen. It's Van Halen, yeah. I remember the logo from a few shows ago. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that something you, uh, if you've got a bad, you know, you you need to sort of inhale Van Halen? No, I'm no. thinking of something else. <laughs> Um, if you've got a, a runny nose, you use a Van Halen. I think what's needed for you is a suppository. <laughs> yeah. 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 In my mouth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll take it now. <laughs> guys, thanks. Uh, you. You Cheers, guys. See you soon. Bye Thank you, Alan. Bye. 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 Bye.